Ray Rice played at New Rochelle. So you got to see him in high school. How was that? It was sick. So also, there's like, when you have like phenoms, right? Especially if you know sports, like you know baseball. Like I know, you, and not only baseball, you know sports. Like you know athletes. I know athletes. Like I played hockey. I was competitive. You were competitive in baseball. So it's like when you are playing against somebody at the time, maybe you don't know it. The guy's just working the fuck out of you. Like, damn, this kid's so good. But as you get older, you look at these people, you're like, yo, it's literally like if you were a scout, right? Like, you could go to a, I don't even know how young, like, probably, like, eighth grade, seventh grade, and you could just see these guys, whatever sport it is, and you're like, damn, if everything stays the course, like, if they continue to grow, if they continue to put on weight, if they continue to do this, like, they're lighting up the tote board as it They're is. They're going to be men, men amongst boys eventually. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, my 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 brother, like, my best friend Raymond, his dad, his dad and my dad started Dad's Club Baseball in our town. And I used to get all these Dominican kids because it was Tarrytown, C.B. Hollow. C.B. Hollow had all the, the Spanish kids, Dominican, Puerto Ricans, whatever, and they were, they were awesome. They didn't have gloves. They didn't have shit. So my dad and Tommy McGuire started it and literally went to Modell's and like got all these kids. Oh, you need this. That they knew were gonna play. That's fucking awesome, man. And they got all of these gloves. Your dad's and, got a big heart, man. Yeah, and so this guy Tommy McGuire too. Like these guys were a fucking no joke. So there, there was kids, man, that played like this kid Luisi, who's a lefty pitcher. Gas. I mean, fucking Danny Almonte. Yeah, yo, dude, I'm exactly <laughs> like that, bro. Like Elmer Guzman, who actually lives down here now. Like these guys, if they would have stayed the course but then life comes in you know you oh, get yeah. about the street yeah. you know your girls block, right politics so. gets into the mix right. too when it comes to coaches it's if you're gonna if you're gonna make it to that level it's like you were meant to make it to that level right you have to be treated as like an olympian at like a young age like you you can't know about like regular kid life like all you know is training right so it's like who really wants to do that yeah. you know I, I think the cool thing um the cool perspective that, that i have is that part of my life i lived in fucking middle of nowhere and saw what like a badass player could do from there right. compared to Florida where <laughs> bro it's like elite sports down here right so yeah. it's like I remember when I lived by Reno in Nevada it was like there's this guy Chris Carr we go to his high school games he played for McQueen McQueen was like this powerhouse high school in like North Reno and he was just a running back that just Fucking every single time he was it the unc- ball, uncontested, gone. or there was he was just the, was there no players or like Florida like you just said. Well, it's like it's like a, it's like a bunch of like I mean they're good, but it's like a bunch of like far like half half your schedule is farmers, right. and country people. Half your schedule is like in the hood, like right. uh, the city people. Right. But it's just like I mean you got good players there, but it's just like this guy was like the nastiest thing we've ever seen, and he played at Boise State. Which is an awesome program. I love, I love Boise State. Which is an awesome program, but it's just like, it's not like down here. Where it's like you see a good player, like they might go to Alabama, like they might go to fucking which know, is, Georgia or something like that. Which is not fucked up, and not to sound like like because I don't believe in that. But uh, Edelman, there was it Edelman, the little Jewish dude, from Julian, Julian Edelman. Mm-hmm. He went to Kent State, and What's he was that at? yeah exactly <laughs> right. So he was always, you know, if you ever watch, I watched something of him and I really, I really like him because he's like a Wes Welker. He's like one of those small, white receivers that 
probably their whole career were up against it. Like, you're playing against dudes that are just way better. So, like, Julian Edelman, there was a story, I don't know if it was a, uh, like a true, whatever, there was something on him, but, like, he was a quarterback. And then he was always, t- he was almost like a Rudy story. Like, you're not going to make it, you're not going to do this, you And then there's Julian Edelman, you know? So, like, certain players, like, no matter where you go, like, they'll find you. Like, if we were scouts, right, it's our job to always just find a player. Right. So, like, of course, Bama is a production company. You know, all the, the, the top ten, they're production companies. Like, you know you're going to get players that are, like, like, Alabama, certain years, I feel like could beat, like, uh, there's years where, like, the Jets or the Jaguars or, like, horrible NFL teams. Like, Bama, Saban could come and schedule a scrimmage. And, of course, the guys would get banged up and do good. But I don't think that NFL team would straight up scramp an Alabama team. I don't think it would happen. Like, I think that they would, Bama, it wouldn't be a 72 to nothing victory like Alabama does. But it would be, like, Alabama would hold their own. Oh, yeah. Because they've got, like, the top recruits in the country. Right. At every position. That's what I'm trying to say. So, like, if if you were skilled enough to go play on Sunday, but not skilled enough or or, uh, SAT-wise to get into a Bama, it doesn't mean you're closed out. Like, you just got to keep digging. You know what I mean? So, like, that's why I kind of like, like, the the WAC conference, like, certain – I yeah, love we used to go to, uh, to white games, uh, UNR, University of Nevada, Reno, the Wolfpack, man, I used to know a... Uh, Didn't fucking Kaepernick come out Kaepernick there? Kaepernick went there. Yeah. yeah. He was so good there when he didn't have the afro. Yeah. So I played Pop Warner in, in the Reno area when I was a kid, from like 10 to 12. And it was funny, like, we'd go to, like, these, uh, the, the preseason was called the Jamboree, where you go in there, and, and you go up to Reno, and you play all these games, and it's like... I used to want to have my Dion because I love primetime. I love. I, I wanted to have my fucking bandana and shit. I was like banned from wearing it. They're like, yo, gangs. They're like, yo, somebody got stabbed here last year at the Jamboree. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. gang shit on the West Coast. So I was like, fuck. And they said it was gnarly. They said this guy was like trying to climb a fence to get away from a bunch of gangbangers, and they fucking stuck him up on the fucking fence. Crazy. But um, but we'd have the Jamboree and shit, and then we would uh. We would have a day where all the Pop Warner teams get to go to a UNR game. And then, so everybody's just sitting there having fun. Like, some kids are trying to sneak up into the suites. Some kids on your team are just fucking fighting other kids. What I was saying is, so this dude, Trevor Dimmy, played in high school. He played for CBL High School. And they sucked. But he was just, his legs were, you know, I mean, he, he looked like Ray Rice. And he ended up going to Hofstra. I don't know if he went on like a ride or whatever, but he's from Tarrytown. Awesome dude, awesome family. I was friends with him, friends with his brother. And um, to watch him was you said just... He was a running back at, at Running Hofstra? back. And he was, he was built like a brick shithouse. I mean, so solid. You couldn't fucking tackle him. He was fast, quick, knew the game, the holes. Trevor Dimmy was, he was awesome. And, but his, he... As good as he was, his career ended in, in, in Hofstra. Yeah. And it's like, to get to that next fucking level. But the point of what I was saying is, so, college is cool to watch whatever, but, like, my boy Raymond, his dad, is a huge high school guy. He's always in their show watching basketball. Yeah. Like always at the county. Pumping up the youth sports. Yeah, like it's, the local, it's, it's the always local high kids. school. 
always fucking high school. I like that. And then if if he if he it's all he follows. Yeah. Not all he follows, but he knows like you could be like, oh, this guy out of uh, Stony Point. You're like, what? Who knows that? It's like he could be a recruiter, and he's been following this kid since seventh grade. He knows him, and and he it, it's so for him. I feel like especially he's a sports lover. If that kid goes someplace, Tommy McGuire is able to be like, I watched that kid in sixth grade, and I knew he was a player. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, it's so cool. And he might have that moment someday on like Sunday Night Football where they're like interviewing the, yeah. the kid yeah. or, or him, and he's like, I fucking knew it. That yeah, guy was fucking. And dumb. he's always like, he knows the players, so like he'll go around to the county center, and you know, it's kind of cool because it's like. If you respect the games that way, like, you can go watch a game at the county center for, like, ten bucks, you know? And if you're, like, he didn't witness this, but I'm saying there was a stage of the game where LeBron could have been playing there. Yeah, exactly. You know? Or, like, somebody. Somebody's and he may down. have been at that game at that time and be like, yo, I saw that fucking kid play in ninth grade. You see right now one of the top recruits in basketball is from Maine. Really? Yeah, it's like a, a, a kid from Maine. Random place in the fucking country. Yeah, they they probably saying. play some tournaments in New York and right like in that area. Where you would think that it would be like like uh, that's what I'm trying some to say. Pushover like, squad. Yeah, like if you're on like like a Bama or like a uh, LSU or you know what I'm saying, something like that. Whereas like if you're the Edelman guy and you came out of Kent State and fucking made it, you know, it's like you know, not to set those settle set or set those guys short or whatever because yes they deserved it but it's like motherfucker I came out of the whack on fucking Kent State which my games on Saturday were not even aired you know where did Jerry Rice go I don't know he went to he went went to like Mississippi Valley like he went to some small school Rod Smith small school I think if you see I think he got speed who was the who was the uh, who was the, the safety the Raiders for years. C Dub, Charles Woodson, product of Michigan. Oh yeah. That's a big dance floor. But I'm just saying, like, you know, if you if you got it, you know, like just because you don't get into Bama or, or Florida or LSU or you can still if you still stay the course and play, they're gonna find you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why that's why my dad's obsessed with the the whack, the Mac, like those those well, teams we, that we you always, we always my dad like used to those, love Kaepernick. We we used to like those conferences because we always felt like the East Coast got all the shine, right? Mm-hmm. So it was always just like we used to love the Pac Ten, we used to love the WAC, the Mountain West, because it's like dude, Marshall Falk went to San Diego State, right? You know what I mean? Like some, I mean they've got players. <coughs> That's what I'm saying. So like if you're if you're a if you're a scout, right? Obviously, you're going to be drawn to the big names, the Bamas, the LSUs. The, of course, right? But if you could find that diamond in the rough, which is not even the diamond in the rough, it's just that nobody else is looking there. Yeah. And you get them. But Julian Edelman, how many rings does he have? Three, four, right? Even that fucking Chris Hogan who's a Penn State lacrosse player. But it's just like, Edelman, he had to have just been this, like, all right, this guy. Did you, ever see, did you ever see that story on him? No. Yo, you gotta look it up. It's badass. Is it cool? It's so Where's cool. Kent State? Is that in Kansas or something? I don't know. It's it's out west somewhere. So I was watching. So I, I watched that Swamp Kings. The uh, I thought it was going to be ESPN thirty for thirty. It was uh, untold. Like uh, uh, the 
Danbury Trashers or whatever. I love that. But one of the players that used to play for Florida that was nice was um, Chris Rainey. And I remember watching him in high school. He played for Lakeland. He played for the Lakeland. I think they were like the Dreadnoughts or something. So on like the little public access channel, you would see right. like the little high school football games sometimes. And this this kid was so nice in high school. He was a running back. He would shake fools like 10 yards before he got to them. If, if he if he just kind of like, he was so quick, if he just stutter stepped one way, he would fucking collapse this guy and just take it yeah. 80 yards. So you know, it was just that's how That's how Trevor Dimmy was. Like if you go to a Sleepy Hollow, you really went to Sleepy Hollow like football games just because it was like you traffic over girls or whatever. You know, it was just like cool. But if you were to go there and like, I love this song, and actually like watch, um, like the plays and shit, and had like any type of knowledge of what was going on, you could see Trevor Dimmy stood out as a sophomore. You're like, oh, this fucking kid, this guy's got it. Yeah, and like I, I told you, we played. So do you know who uh, Jason Spezza is? No. He played on the Ottawa Senators. So. I was playing for Stepanak Hockey. I was the captain of the team. I thought I was good. Fucking captain. Hey, yeah. from now on. I was captain <laughs> as a freshman for the team. I was, Hell yeah. I was so good. So my dad ended up taking over as coach when I was like a sophomore, whatever. And my dad had all these connections. He was coaching a, a smaller team. And he had all these kids. My dad used to go to the rink with all his, he used to have, it was called Snackle Express. He'd have the full jumpsuit on. Parents would come up to him, Coach, dude, please come look at my kid. Coach, please. My dad was the man. He'd be like, if I have time. Yeah, yo, my dad was the man. So my dad, dad man, scheduled this uh, scrimmage between Jason Spezza and his team. I don't know whose team was at the time. We were, we were looking to go to um, play in the Catholic school conference of, of winning it all. Mm-hmm. So a couple weeks out, my, the humbling experience, my dad scheduled a scrimmage against this other team. I forget the name of it. Chase and he was like a... I was a junior. I think he was a freshman. And uh, I remember this like yesterday. I was playing at 110%. So was my whole team. I scored a couple goals. We ended up losing, but it was like respectable. But looking back at it now, I'm like, damn, that motherfucker. He was a freshman and he was probably six feet. I was, you know what I had and his strides like you, you could hear him cut the ice like you could hear he he just stood out like and he was so humbled that at the end of the game at the end of the scrimmage I was I was last in line my dad was behind me shaking hands so I see oh, a good game and he's bigger than me and my dad said Jason come here because you know it's my son Greg so Jason hey nice to meet you man yo you played a good game captain because I had to see you so I was like yo you too bro and he's, my dad said, yo, be honest. What did you give me? What were you playing at? And Jason said, coach, what are you talking about? I was playing 100%. My dad's like, stop your fucking bullshit. <laughs> he's like, how much did you give me? And he's like, about 60%. And I heard that, and I'm like, you're like, whoa. You said he ended up playing for the Ottawa Center. Ottawa's captain of the Ottawa Center. Oh, shit, yeah. So he's just so dirty. He, yeah, I mean, disgusting. <laughs> and like I played against him and like it was and when you look back at it you get the phenoms are just he was very cool and humbled like that but like 
they're, they're they stand out like so much. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you think you're good playing ball, you think I'm good playing hockey, whatever, whatever. It's like when you get the real fucking players to come, it's like Brett Pesci on the Carolina uh, whatever Hurricanes. So my dad tried one day. Pesci played in the league. My dad goes up to the father. He's from Tarrytown, same town as us. My dad, his father's a landscaper. My dad says, hey, uh, you know, he said, what's up, um, Mr. Pesci? Well, I'm Greg Eaton, I'm the coach of Stepback. Guy says, I know who you are, coach. He's like, I've been following you. You've done a phenomenal job with the program because the program just started two years before I got there. They were shit. Yeah. My dad boosted it like crazy, got all these recruits. So my dad's like, listen, he's like, I'd love to. Love that your son come play. He said, We could probably work out tuition or whatever. And the guy chuckled and he said, He said, Hey, coach, he said, I respect what you've done with the program. It's not un- unseen. He said, But let's let's call it what it is. Said, my son's going to play at a prep school. And, and my dad said, I had to take my shot. You're right? like, yeah, I'm trying. And the guy says, Of course you did. Three years later, he's on the Carolina Hurt. You know what I'm saying? So it's like that. It's just you could just tell these fucking kids that are like phenoms, like yeah. pros. They're yeah. they're like man man, uh, man child. You know yeah. they're. But yeah, he's uh, and actually it turns out Pesci is like best friends with my brother-in-law, my younger brother-in-law Johnny. They, my and both my brothers play golf with him all the time, and he's fucking multi-cajillionaire on the Carolina Hurricanes. Like it's nothing. Member of Nolan. And, like, his dad is, they're so, like, blue-collar, humble. Like, when he got paid, they had to go out to dinner and they swiped the card for the dinners. And he was, like, sweating bullets because he had to pay, like, 20 grand for the whole team dinner. He doesn't have money. His dad's a landscaper. To this day, his dad still cuts grass. Every day, gets up and cuts grass. And Brett's like, Will, what are you doing? Like, and, and the father's like, dude, you could blow your knee on. It's over. Yeah. Like, that's it. So, like, his first few years of checks, now he's in the next stratosphere. He signed for, he wears a letter. Now he signed for, you know, he's loaded, loaded. But the, his first couple of years, his dad used to take all his money. And now you're talking about a pro athlete. The father would take all his checks, all his money, which was, you know. Which is better than somebody else maybe, taking all of it. Maybe one or two million or whatever. Yeah. And, and bought properties, invested in it, did this, did that. And, and basically set him up, and, and his son's like, yo, I want to buy a house. I want to join this country club. The father's like, no. He's like, yo, I wake up and cut grass every day. Today, you're playing for the Stanley Cup. I'm cutting fucking grass. You know why? One knee to knee injury, you're done. They're not going to be like, oh, well, he was good. Here's this. He's like, I'm setting you up. Like, I'm keeping you. And he's as humble as they fuck come. Like, sometimes, like, my brother-in-law was tell me, like, he'll call his dad and be like, hey, can I, uh, can I buy this? Like, and I, I respect the fuck out of that. Like, that's why, not to sound stupid, but or whatever. So that's one example of a kid that came up blue collar with two parents, whatever. Hey, can I buy this? Meantime, you could buy that 20 fucking times over. It's, there always, was that it's, also, it's also the difference of a kid that's going to make it and not make it. It's like... Well, no, he's already they, made it. I know, but the kids that make it in sports, it's like they're under their parents' thumb sometimes. Like, yeah, they're, but what, they're getting pressured into like... Like, yo, you need to fucking do good. You know what I mean? Like, well, the, see, their the, parents give a shit. The, the, a lot this of kid's father give, gave a shit and still does, but also treated it as it could all be over tomorrow. Right. Right? So, like, there's been ESPN arguments between, I think, uh, 
the white Jewish dude and uh, Shannon Sharp, whatever, who are like, Skip yes. Some of these guys would be like, well, you don't understand, like these, like kids, that, like black dudes, that, like uh, um, Jamarcus Russell from the Raiders and all this, like got the upfront 50 million guaranteed. He's banging on Crenshaw right now, broke. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So like, Shannon um, Sharp, or I think it was Shannon Sharp, somebody tried to say like, well, you don't know what it's like. These kids come from nothing. So, like, they get all this money. They want to go buy this million-dollar house, buy this million-dollar car, whatever, whatever. It's like, it's like, but how could you justify that? Here's a kid that came from a decent family. And I'm not talking about him. I'm just talking in general. It could be black kids. It could be white kids. It's like, you come from a decent upbringing. It's like, yo, it could all be over tomorrow. Why do you have to go out and buy a million-dollar Bugatti? Why do you have to go have an entourage? What? Everybody's seen MC Hammer. Like, do the right thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just, it's so fucking... Did you ever hear uh, Shannon Sharp and Sterling Sharp story? Mm-hmm. They're from, like, this small town in Georgia. Like, I think outside of Savannah. And, bro, they grew up on... I don't know if it was sharecroppers. I don't know if their parents were sharecroppers. But they basically grew up in a double wide on, like, the corner of a property, like, on down a, a dirt road where there's a hole in the ceiling. And they like nothing, like barefoot, like. Can I say something? Nothing. Can I say something without sounding like, like I'm, like, yeah, that blows that you came up like that, you know? Like I didn't grow up like that, and I I don't feel like people should grow up like that. Like, that sucks, right? That blows. But you know what? I don't feel bad for you in the least bit. You know why? Because you and your brother were obviously built differently. You were able to grow up that way, look at that and take that as energy, like Bobby Boucher, like tackling fuel, and fucking, <laughs> and and make something of it, right? Yeah. So like, yes, your upbringing sucked, okay? But what you're doing right now, shits on what I'm doing right now. So you were, the way you were brought up made you tough, mentally, physically, the whole night, and you overcame that shit. Yeah. And you you made it, and you made it fucking big time. You're on ESPN, you're doing a show. You made it. So, like, I don't fucking feel bad for you. It does kind of suck coming up that way, but look what you did with it. Yeah. Nobody should be, there is, you can't say, woe is me, motherfucker. Yeah, I don't You're in a $5,000 suit on ESPN making stupid money. It's not woe is me. You were dealt a shit fucking hand, you took that shit hand, and made it into what it is today. Kudos, good for you. That's how tough you are. Don't fucking give me that I should feel bad, that white guilt. Like, I don't like that shit. Dude. <laughs> the white guilt. You know what I'm saying, though? <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude, you're, you... Yeah, the, I don't, I don't yeah, fuck with the white yo, guilt shit. But that sucks. Coming up like that as a little kid, having to probably go to school, probably being made fun of. You probably had holes in your clothes. Dirty thing. You but I, I never liked Shannon Sharp, but I used to like Sterling Sharp back in the day for the Packers. He was nice. They both played on the Packers. Shannon played on the Packers. Yeah. With with Favre, he was his guy. No, Shannon Sharp was with Elway on Denver. I don't know if he played with Favre before that. Maybe I'm fucking. I know Shannon. Is Sterling Sharp too old that I would know? No, because you no, know. Ster- yeah, I know. But I also like. In my old neighborhood, somebody had a Sterling Sharp jersey, so I paid attention to him. Was Shannon Sharp number 80? No. 
I don't know what number Shannon Sharp was. I think Sterling Sharp was 84. I feel like Howard Stern right now and the movie Private Parts where he's like, and everybody go on down to uh, Danny's Sporting Goods. I love Danny's Sporting Goods. <laughs> he said, I shop there all the time. It's great. And I uh, just came to find out they've been out of business for two years. So I think I was just going to lie. Was I going to lie? I may have been going to lie. <laughs> I promise to not let that happen again. I could have sworn Shannon Sharp played for the Packers. thought he was number 80. His brother Sterling definitely. I guess I'm lying to the cast. But, but um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm about to go to... Uh, Tampa in a couple of weeks for a bachelor party. And Are you? Yeah, me and my boy, we were, we were both like, we both listened to this podcast. Can I come? Yeah, dude. Hell yeah. That'd be so sick. Um, so, far, uh, who was it? Oh, we watched this uh, podcast. Ric Flair was the guest, and Ric Flair was talking about this place in Tampa because Ric Flair lives in Tampa. I love Ric Him and Hulk. Hulk told Hulk. you I met Ric Flair. Hulk. You met him? I never told you that? No. I'll say that for anything then. Let's hear it. All right, so I don't know if it was. Are you sure <laughs> you want to finish? Yeah, I, I made him. I, do that. There was nothing in the story. The, the story was that we're, you know, as a bachelor party or whatever, we're trying to find like spots to go to that are going to be fun for a couple of days. And we were listening, me and my boy, we both listened to the same podcast. And it's Theo Vaughn's. And we were listening, and Ric Flair was his guest. And it was funny shit. Ric Flair's a madman, right? And, and, and Ric Flair's just like, uh, he says, uh, He's like, oh, I love going to Ham, so this place, like, in uh, Tampa, it's, like, American social. He's like, oh, there's so many big screen TVs. It's this many square foot. And the women. Oh, my God, the women. You know what I mean? And so we're, when we're going to be up there. Is Rick Flair going to be there? My, he might be. He, he says he goes there for every, like, football game. And so that weekend, when we're up there, Alabama's going to be at USF. For USF's uh, I homecoming, go. I gotta go. So we're gonna pre- we're gonna we're gonna tailgate at Raymond James, and then we're gonna probably Uber back to American Social and fucking watch the game or something like that. So when I was in New York, I used to have this restaurant, and uh, my ex girlfriend at the time, you know, we were drinkers, we like espresso martinis, like, so I would work literally from like ten to ten every day. It sucked. So when I got out, it, we used to hit the hotel bars. And in Tarrytown, there's like five, like this Marriott. There's a bunch of hotel bars you can go to. And it was not, not nothing like great. You know, it was just you'd sit there, kind of nice, have a martini, whatever. So one night we were going to Ruth Chris and they were in the Marriott. So the Marriott had Ruth Chris, still today, has Ruth Chris and they had uh, another like Marriott bar there, whatever. Ruth Chris is good. Yeah. I like So we, we go after work one night and uh, we walk in, me and my ex girlfriend, and I'm walking in, I see this guy, like the silver fox, like uh, his hair slicked back, and he's, you know, he's, you tell he's on test. His stomach's out to here, but the six pack, he has a six pack, but it's a, like Big Papa Pump. Bump. I'm Big Papa. I'm fucking Big Papa <laughs> big- Pump. Hey, happy birthday! Oh, yeah, yeah. 43, motherfuckers. Let's go. So we walk in, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh, we'll go to the bar. We know the bartender. We're always there. A couple nightcaps, go home, get it on, whatever. So I'm walking in. This is guy, slick back hair, fucking with a skin tight. Like my Yeah, like his T-shirt. He's just, you know, he's whatever. 
And it's like uh, it's like I was just talking about like how they just stick out, right? When you meet someone famous, like they just stick out. Oh yeah. So I walk in, I'm like, look at this guy. I'm like, who's this fucking guy? Who's this guy? So I sit down and I say, hey, what's up? I know the bartender. You know, a couple of bartenders, whatever. So I look over and I'm looking at him. I tell my my girl at the time, I say, yo, that's Rick Flair. She's like, who's Rick Flair? She's way younger than I'm like, she ain't on you. I'm like, yo, that's the best of Rick Flair. And she's like, so I'm like, yo, I'll be right back. So he, I'm sitting here, and he's like a few stools down with some smoke show girl, big fat, big tits, you know, the whole, and he's he's old at the time. This is like 12 years ago, 15 years ago. Maybe less, 12, 10, whatever. So I'm like, hey, are you Ric Flair? He's like, you fucking know it. Like that. I'm like, yo, man. I'm Greg, man. Yo, so it's my fucking pleasure to meet you, dude. I'm like, I've been following you like forever. And he's like, yeah, like, yo, can I buy you a drink? He's like, fucking A. He's like, I need one better. I'm going to buy you one. And I'm like, and, you know, I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, you know? <laughs> like, I'm like, oh my God. Best fucking dude ever. Right? And I'm like, fuck. I'm like, yo, can you slap me in the face, like, just for fun? Like, let, this is Ric Flair. So I'm like smitten. And my girl at the time's like, yo, what are you doing? I'm like, this guy's a fucking legend. <laughs> you have I'm sorry. No, I'm like, you have no idea who this guy is. Like, this is the nature boy, Ric Flair. And uh, so we buy some, some drink. We're Limousine rad. Yo, dude, so hold on, hold on. It gets. So I'm like, I get my martini. He gets his, I'm like, cheers. And he's awesome. We're drinking. And like, Two minutes in, I said, yo, I said to him, I said, hey, Rick, I said, this is like, this is like one of the greatest times of my whole life, man. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, can you do me a favor? And he's like, you want me to hit you with one? And yo, dude, I swear to God on this. I swear to God. On this. I'm like, I, and I was going to ask him, I'm like, yo, can, can you hit me with one? He's like, you want me to do you a favor? He's like, check this out. He's like, And he starts, he's, and I'm like, I'm like coming in my pants. I'm like, oh. You're just breaking up? You know, and I'm like, yes, yes. And and he starts, his girl's like, can you stop it? And he starts ripping her like Neanderthal, like getting on her. Yeah. And my girl's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, this. And he was, he hit me with so many woos and all his little one-liners, like Rolex wearing, fuck, you know. He was, dude, he was going off. And, it and was, I'm having a real hard time keeping these alligators down. It was so, Danny, if I had my phone, I would go back to the pictures. I have it on my phone, and I will show it to the cast. <laughs> it was so cool to see that, and he was just so, like, interacting. It was it was fucking awesome. I got to get my phone, dude, so I can show it to the cast so oh, yeah. everybody knows. But dude, it, was, the, uh, it was sick. So this this podcast, it was, it was my first time because I had seen, like, the documentary on him. He's obviously a wild man. But he's he was on the Theo Vaughn podcast, and the guy is just so fucking cool. He just goes with the flow on everything. He's just a, he's just a great dude, man. Yo, because those guys though, like honestly, not all of them are like that. I feel like I feel like the ones that are like there was obviously the cocaine element that went went with that, right? But like, I don't think he was in that. 
He's definitely into that. You think so? Hundred percent. I, I think, think on the so. thing. I, I think on the thing. I don't. I think, think I don't, I don't think he was into it. I think he drinking's definitely his fucking thing. Drinking. He drinks. Maybe if he didn't do, he might have been doing pills. If he didn't, do, if he didn't do it, if he didn't do it too. <laughs> I mean, I, I, he, I mean, he might have done it too. He might. He. I take a drink, <laughs> but I don't do it too. I'll smoke in the reefer. Now. But I mean, those guys like <laughs> Hogan. All those guys. Do you think Hulk Hogan didn't see that? Like. You remember, like, the movie Slapshot, where, like, they're playing the video games, and they have the foil, that's a big fun time in the hotel room? Like, that's what the wrestlers were. Like, they weren't making money like they should have been making. So, like, they were just getting fucked up. So they were almost, like, making a great blue-collar living, being, like, roadies, the carnival people. They were just getting their bodies destroyed. Yeah, destroying their bodies, making a good living. But like touring and having a great time, yeah. partying, right? Probably fucking everybody under the sun. Yeah, when I was a kid, I met um, so my football team. We played in some regional tournament in uh, like Santa Clara, so like uh, just south of San Francisco. And uh, we're sitting there. We, we get on the uh, elevator in this hotel, and like, dude, we're fucking living it up. We're like fucking eleven years old, twelve right. years old. We're like, fuck yeah. Been we're, we're, we're in NorCal, we're in Northern California, just chilling, and um, this fucking big-ass dude gets on the elevator, tatted up, girl, and then, like, a little Spanish dude, and, and, and we get on the elevator, and my boy just kind of elbows me, and he goes, that's the godfather, and I was just, like, I didn't watch wrestling, so I was just, like, oh, for real? And he Who heard the us. the godfather? Did you, you remember the hoe train? It was, was it was the Godfather and D'Lo Brown. D- yeah. I was gonna say yes, and, was, and, and they would have the hose all around the ring. So it was it was the Godfather. So he was like the big dude with the cornrows. Yeah, and he had a he had a hoe with him. He had a prostitute with him, with like one of those like Dallas Cowboys. Do you think they were really prostitutes? Like if we were no, there no, now, no, I could be like, I'd be two hundred. I'd be two hundred. This one was probably his girl. Like, this one was probably his girlfriend. But he had his agent with him, and and. He heard us like whispering about him, and he's like, "What up, guys?" Just deep ass voice. He's like, "What up, guys? I'm the Godfather," and we're just like, "Fuck yeah!" And his hand just like engulfed ours. And we're like, "Hell yeah!" We told our whole team, "We're like, yo, the Godfather stayed here. The Godfather." I didn't know who the fuck he was, but um, isn't that so cool? Though? It was so cool, and and we paid attention to what room he went in because we were fucking with his room later because we were like, when we were twelve, we're like, "Yo, does he have some hoes for us?" Yeah, let's see some titties. Yeah, let's try to see some hoes. So. uh we go out to dinner that night, and we're all just, like, hanging out in the parking lot waiting to get in the bus. And a limo rides by when he's going on his way to the ring to, to first match. And his, uh, his fucking agent loved the attention and shit that, that he was getting. His agent's driving in front of the limo, and they pull up, and we're standing right there looking at the limo. We're like, yo, where's Godfather? Where's Godfather? And the agent rolls his window down. He goes, remember, kids? Pimping ain't easy, and that's the Godfather. Oh, I, I remember and he that. just takes off, that. and we're just like, "Fuck yeah, Godfather! Good luck on your match." And we're just like, all banging on the windows like the Mighty Ducks, dude. Yeah. It was like, it was yeah, sick. so cool. It was cool, but yeah, be, uh, growing up like living in Tampa and stuff is like they all like. I think Riley, the, the dude I was telling you about, that played for UF, and it was like Tim Tebow's roommate. He went to school with Hulk Hogan's son at CCC at Clearwater Central Catholic. Yo, Hulk Hogan's son did like Jericho used to work joints. out at the gym down by me. I Chris saw Chris Jericho. Yep, Jericho used to work out at the gym 
Hulk Hogan's son did a few joints for that that murder. He he killed that kid in that in that oh, uh, like a car race or something. Yeah, like that? he did a couple joints. I, I think he did like three or four. And the racing shit was big in Tampa. We used to like in high school. We used to go on according to Campbell Causeway and everybody just like race and you just sit there and party and shit. Wait, so let's talk back to this bachelor party. So what day are you gonna leave? Uh, I'm gonna get there Thursday and then we're gonna leave Sunday. Oh, I can't do Thursday, but I'll be off Friday. That would be sick if you could like come through and like meet up with us. It's my homie from college, like one of my best boys from college. I mean, it's gonna be cool. We we got this. We found this Airbnb in Channelside, which is like kind of by where the Lightning play, and it's like it looks like a real world house or something, dude. It's like one of the only. Um, it's one of the only places you to live. Did you pay already? Did you have to pay? Yeah. How much? It wasn't much, dude. Because we're split in between like seven heads. So it was like, I don't even remember. But it wasn't much. Like a few hundred bucks? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't bad. And then, um, I'd love and, to and so they, one of the main things that we're doing is we're going up to, in Wesley Chapel, they got one of those pop strokes. Have you ever heard of them? Oh. It's one of, uh, Tiger Woods is fucking business ventures where you know how Top Golf is like driving range type shit. Uh-huh. Uh, Tiger Woods has a new thing where it's uh, it's like an adult putt putt where it's like these awesome greens and like it's in a strip mall. You know what I mean? But they like class it up. They, like, they just pimp it out. So they got one up in like uh, uh, up in North Tampa. Oh really? Yeah. And it's like a bar. And it's got I haven't heard of that. It's almost like a Dave and Buster's for miniature golf. For the golfers. And like Tiger Woods puts on. Yeah. So that, <laughs> like, that and then the uh, then Alabama playing at the alma mater. So I was like, hell yeah, dude. Alabama coming to play at USF? Dude, that's crazy. That, that gonna, wouldn't have happened. Back they're going to scramp USF. They're going to fucking destroy USF. USF's been playing like shit. Dude. Yo, but you know what's so crazy is that, like, so I always say this. I'm like, but yo, it's like, it's homecoming, so like tailgating's gonna be off the fucking yeah. chain, dude. I seen a, me and my buddy, when we used to tailgate for them shits. Yeah, but you know, it's homecoming, but you know, like everybody, like, I'm 43. How old are oh, yeah. you? They're all gonna be fucking jits. How old are you? I'm uh, 36. They're, they're, they're gonna look like even being 36, now. like, they're gonna look at you and be like, dude, you're like grandpa. Like, but no, and, but and no, it's everybody. It's like it's gonna be definitely it's definitely gonna be a lot of college kids, but all the way up to like fucking sixty, dude. People hit these things. You think so? Hell yeah! Tailgating for a U.S. second. All the alumni will be there. But dude, I've seen a uh, I've seen a blind dude get fucking arrested by an undercover. Bro, they had like this New Yorkian kid. Not even a kid. He was like probably in his thirties. Straight up New Yorican, right? Like all of his fucking Puerto Rican tattoos. Wait, what is he? A new a what? New Yorican? What's that? That's all the Puerto Ricans are from New York. Uh. So, and and they're all tatted up. They all got their Puerto Rican flags on the shit. This guy's sitting there at the uh, at the tailgate, fucking drinking, get fucked up with these guys. Next thing you know, he's putting cuffs on a fucking blind kid. Oh, so he, he was, was undercover. Laying the cuff. Yeah, he he was undercover. He was popping underage kids, and one of the kids was blind, dude. I saw a blind kid get fucking arrested for getting, like, having the time of his life, dude. What a scumbag. It was the fucking shittiest thing I've ever seen. I was like, holy shit, dude. Because I was just sitting, my boy, because my boy had a truck. That's like, and we're just sitting on the tailgate, and me and him, we've just been drinking for hours, just listening to, like, fucking Metallica or some bullshit. 
and then we just like we're just you know peeping everything that's going on around us like all right they're playing beer pong right here they're playing cornhole over here and next thing you know you just see this fucking puerto rican cat and that was the guy from a guy that you have seen the whole time being there yeah well like like he, he like he like rolled in like maybe an hour before was hanging out chilling like you know like hey what's good fam like Yo, can I play with y'all? Or like, you know, something like that. Like, got an in with them, and next thing you know, they all fucking knock them, dude. It was Yo, up. how much of a, like, I feel like cops, like, honestly, if I can go back, I'd be a cop when I was 20. I would definitely be a cop. But, like, you have this stereotype of, like, most cops are those losers that, you know, they got made fun of in high school, right? So you were a dork. They got cop. So I think maybe a, I think a majority of them. Not all of them, of course. I would say like 95%. Yeah. I mean, or like, the ones oh, that I know, the ones that I know were. Right, of course. So now, like, that guy must have been. So it's like, you're going to lay in the cut, play your position, and then everyone's having a great time. And then you're going to be like, ha, I'm going to blind guy. Like, come on. Yo, there's a crazy video that I just saw before I came over here. It just happened in New York. There was a dude that was on a scooter. That he, I think he was like a drug dealer. Something happened where he was like fleeing a drug deal from with with some undercovers or something. And there's they got it on excuse me, they got it on video. And he's cruising up the sidewalk and a dude grabs a fucking cooler. Like slaps him off the scooter. Smacks him in the side of the head, and then the guy's on the sc- on the scooter going fast on the sidewalk, They're like by a park. It almost looks like Central Park. And, and the dude just fucking takes it, a uh, cooler, smacks him off the fucking scooter. The guy flies, hits a tree, and rolls underneath a jeep and dies. No, yeah, dead. So who's at fault is the guy that stopped him? They fired. They fired the fucking. I mean, that dude's fired. He's probably gonna be facing some charges. It was just like. What's it so was crazy? Most, it was the craziest video I've ever seen. You know what's so crazy? It's like, it's like, it's, it's, it's that, right? So it's like, it's so, the world is so fucked up. Like, that guy thought he was stopping something that was illegal, which he was. And then the guy died. Bad. But it's like, dude, why am I now? I'm standing in truck. That's like the whole thing. Like, Florida is all battle with the guns. Great. So, like, I always say to myself, like, if somebody's coming, but you know what, the worst case scenario is that if that was to happen, right, if someone's come on my property, test me, and, and make me feel like I had to protect my family, I had to lay that guy down, the worst thing that would happen is that the, the police would have to come, they'd have to take me, they'd have to go to whatever gun club road or Fort Lauderdale, gun club road or in Providence County, that being Gun Club Road, they have to go through the whole fucking rigmarole. Then they'd have to say, "Okay, uh, is your guns registered? Here's my fucking name. Yes, all my guns are registered. Why do you have all this ammo? Because I can. Why do you shoot this guy? Because he was on my fucking yard. I had four kids, and 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 it would go on for what a month, right? Or who knows." At the end of the day, it's like, am I right? Of course, hundred percent right. And how many times did I do it? A zillion times. Stand I do your it. ground, castle doctrine. But what's so fucked up is that now you're taking me 
out of my life. Like, I can't go to work Monday because I'm going to fucking uh, Gun Club Road while you all fucking figure this out yeah. on, on the laws. And it's yeah. like, it's wrong. Have you, have you been part of the NRA? I am, I am a member okay. of the NRA. So do you pay that little extra to get that insurance where it's like, I pay they the, pay for the people to cover you? Yeah, the full amount. Okay, cool. So yeah, yeah, I mean that's like that's like part of it. It's like, yeah, you get to like you I get to defend that, yourself. I've been paying that since I've been sixteen in New York. Yeah. So one of the things that I heard recently that yeah, but you get to defend yourself, but you still have to go. Oh yeah, you got to go. Did you see that video in Dallas where it was like the dude came, knocked on the door, and he was just like, it was like an apartment. He was like, he's like, oh, we're changing. The, and then he started uh, kicking the door in. And two of them well, started yeah, kicking the door. Yeah, in. yeah, we never talked about. It. And then his boy came from the side and started. Doing the, the, just the, meal kicking it. And then did you see when the guy started lighting it up and the, the shots were hitting the rear? And it went right around, like, hit the apartment across the street. Yeah. Or across and then, the hall. Right. And when the cops came, the guy was kind of like this. And when you go into the apartment, you see the pack and play. They had a baby. They had oh, the, I didn't see that. But they, but they were out of, I think they were out of, I think they weren't in there at the time, luckily. Did you, the guy that actually did the shooting. They, they, like, Wait, so, hold on, so hold on, so go ahead. Revert back to what you were going to say. So what I was going to say is that the um, one of the guys that I saw doing the commentary on that was just like, this is a prime example of, like, if you're going to defend... It was the guy knocking the door, and he was literally like this, backwards, like... Yeah, just kneel kicking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this guy brought up a good point, because it's like, yeah, I know, I know some... My friend's friend laid somebody on the fucking floor at a Wendy's. Here in Florida? Yeah, in Florida. What, dead? Dead. The dude was fucking with him. He was with his family. The dude, some like bum panhandle motherfucker came up, started start, starting shit with some dude, and some dude fucking pulled out his gat and fucking laid him out. And they took his gun for a little bit. And he had to go to court, but he ended up getting his gun back, and he was off scotch free. Like, he was fine. But it was like, like you said, it's like there's a process you have to right. and they, money. They you probably have the money, pay and, and maybe you get that money back. But it's like, but, that, like, but that's why when you're part of the NRA, you pay. You, you pay that extra fee sometimes so that you get their lawyers and they fucking take care of you in that situation. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so if you... I, pay, I pay that just because I'm a member, but, like, I didn't know what it was. But that's what I was saying. Like, tonight, for example, God forbid, if we can go to bed and then, like, someone... I hear something at the door and someone's trying to get in. And I always say, like, I have four kids, dude, you know? And, like, if someone's trying to get in the door... Like I'm, I'm, I'm firing through the door. Yeah. Like you're going down through the door. Like I'm not gonna. I'm New shooting York, through walls. Yeah, yeah. It. Like in New York, you have to come into the door, and then yeah. pose a threat. Yeah, I would never live in New York. You're already posing. You're in my fucking house. You're already posing a threat. Yeah, I would never live in New York. No. So like for me, like I'm going. I'm shots fired through the door. But but here, here's here's what this guy was saying, which was I thought was a great point. You want to leave them dead. When you defend your house, you want to defend to the point where whoever's coming in, all of them are right. fucking dead. So they can't guess say what? anything. So they can't go to trial. Right. It's like, no. Right. It's like, no. You, you fucking tried to come in. And so, like, and that, that was just the point of it was like, you know, if somebody's coming at you, fucking kill them all. If you can't kill them all, but, yo, that way there's nobody there to fucking take trial against you. Like, it's nice that oh, we live I come in a, from a rough life. It's nice that we live in a state like that. Like it's no, and that's why we moved here. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like that's why we moved here because I'm like, uh, you know, dude, life is hard enough. You know, I have a wife and kids. Like, if you want to come test me, like, you're not gonna. I'm not gonna fucking put my kids 
subjective to any of your like I will lay you down. You know, it's always like they say like shit uh, sweet over here, bro. I'll do what you want to do. Or no, he's like what what is this saying? Like I'll do what I want and beg I'd rather I'd rather do what I beg for forgiveness and ask for permission. Yes, yes. Yeah. Right? So like if that's the case, like I will fire through my door. Like and if they were just in New York they'd be like, Well, they were through the door. I'm like, Yeah, well, my door's not made out of fucking titanium. They could come in. They have four kids in here. Yeah. And like here, you know, I'll late like yeah, I don't, then, I don't play with that shit at all, dude. I, I don't know if I told you. I, I recently The burden is, though, what you have to go through after. Yeah, but it's worth it. It's worth it. What? For what? To move, to get off and prove point? But, like, you still have to prove yourself. And you still it's worth it to be surviving. You miss days of work. You miss days of work. And you know what? That push comes to shove. Like, no. But yo, I had some crazy shit recently where this, um, there was a fucking aggressive knock on my door after dark. I, which is super scary. Which is not good. And my kids go to the fucking window, and so, and so I, uh, I, I put my kids in the back. I grab the gat, and I'm just kind of just sitting there. Will waiting. your kids go to the door when the doorbell rings? Oh, no. no, see, my kids will run up and pull the curtains. And say, it's Danny. Well, you guys are social. And, and I'm like, guys, oh, it's not Danny. You guys get people over here and shit. Like we don't do that. So, um, so you're not allowed here anymore. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> No, it's not a judgment thing. It's it like, is. You hear what he just said? It's not a judgment thing. It's just like, yo, we don't have people over, so they're not running. So we bar. suck. We're pussies. We deserve also, to get home. Our dog fucking goes nuts. Does Frankie go nuts at like a door knock or something like that? He's not a like guard. No, dog. he's fucking Dude, Our sleeping. dog goes fucking nuts. So anyways, aggressive knock on the door. It's dark. I'm just like, nope. Nobody should be knocking my door like that. Got the kids in the bag. Fucking grabbed my peas, cocked it. And I was just like, just sat there. I see them try and look in and shit. I'm like, Ooh. wait, wait, where were you though? Where were you standing? I was, I was standing back in my room. But why? Wait, you are come closer and, and investigate. Like, you have, you have, um, you have the ring. Like, you can see who's what. This is before I had a ring. This is why I got a ring. Okay. This is before I had a ring. How long ago were we talking? Probably yeah. A year. Probably like a year ago. Okay. And so, so you're late, right before I met so you. So you're past the piano, and you're just waiting. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. What are you waiting for the door to get kicked in? I've, I've got I've got my gun cocked and loaded at the door, waiting for the door to get kicked in, and I'm and, just going to destroy yeah, it. That's, yeah, in. that's cool. Yeah. I like and so and so I'm sitting there, and my kids and my and my family are behind me. And then I know this motherfucker trying to look in like the side of the door and all this shit, and I'm just like, ooh, he's, it's he's, happening. He's trying to sell I, I, I start to get that little fucking, like, yeah. when you're about yeah. to get in a fight, yeah. you know, where yeah. you start kind of getting the adrenaline rush. I was like, oh, dude, I might, have to, it, it, I might have to pop off. And then knock again, and I'm like, dude, I'm not fucking answering Did the door. you say you anything? Hell no. I don't feel like entertain shit, bro. Like, there's no reason for you to be knocking at my door, ever. I, I'm not expecting a package. I'm not expecting shit. I don't buy shit. Like, leave me the fuck alone. Don't knock on my door. So, I've you know, I've watched way too many videos of some fucked up shit. So, like the pizza delivery guy, like he'll be like, Ugh! and then like five guys with masks just yeah, come in. Yeah, on the side, right? Yeah. So, anyways, I was just like, nope. And the guy left. And then I was just like, man, it bugged me. I was like, man, I don't know who the fuck that was and what that was. So you want closure, kept, right? So right. I wanted closure. Right. So I was like, fuck, we gotta get like a ring or something. So the guy next day, right before it gets dark, same thing. But this time it wasn't dark yet, and I seen the guy out there, 
And so I, I lift up my lookout. I was like, hey, what the fuck do you want? I'm not expecting anybody. Like, what do you want? <laughs> and the guy puts his fucking badge up on the window. Cop? Cop. And he was just like, we're looking for fucking Steven or something like that. And I was just like, I was like, yo, he doesn't live here. And he was like, that's not what we think. It's like, get the fuck out of here. So I opened the door. I was like, what's Wouldn't up, you man? The, what are you looking for? the burner still on you? No, I, at this point, I didn't have it on me. So I was just like, I was like, I was like, what's going on, bro? And he was just like, we're looking for this guy. This is his last address, last known address. I was like, bro, I bought this house like a year and a half, two years ago. I don't know who the fuck that guy is, but he doesn't live here anymore. He's like, you have proof that you're not him? And I was just like, let me go get my fucking ID. And so I show him it. And he's just like, you sure you don't know? I was like, bro, was that you fucking here last night? Knock on my door all fucking aggressive. And he was just like, he was like, yeah, we, we got a job to do and this and that. I was like, all right. Well, little do you know, you almost got your fucking block knocked off, Doug. Yeah. yeah. I didn't say it to him, but it's yeah. like, good thing you didn't try to come in here and then, serving and then, a fucking warrant. Yeah, and they didn't so say anything. Yeah, they didn't announce themselves or anything. And it's just like, bro, these times where like these people like defend themselves against cops coming into their house, it's like, bro, you're not going to just sit there and let a bunch of dudes just roll in your house. Have I shown you the black AR, the wall black? No. I built it myself. Come on, let's cancel this. Let's go inside. I got a piss. Yo, swallow back. 